When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. On this episode, we continue our interviews from CPAC 2021. We spoke with Nick Loeb about the movie Roe v. Wade, which had their premiere at CPAC. We spoke with Aaron Phillips with Proud the Parent. And we spoke with Kevin Sorbo. And we can also guarantee that this episode will not be an hour and a half like the last one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Don't get too happy about that. From the highways of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. All right. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram or Twitter, at Brian L. Bledsoe is the username. And on Facebook, it's at Trend Chat 24-7. So, yeah, I'm, like I said, I can guarantee it won't be an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> uh, mainly because I don't have nearly as much to, to talk about. Um, but let's first touch on a couple of things before we get into the first interview with uh, Nick Loeb. And that is, I guess, both are about our leaders and in this case so in talking about texas the governor and also the president you know president biden had his COVID 19 speech as well so but first um i know last episode i mentioned about you know governor abbott finally lifting the mass mandates which i say shouldn't have been in place in the you know at all in the in the beginning anyway should have been you know like christy gnome in south dakota but i not going to keep beating that dead horse so um um but in mentioning that okay you know good for him you know at least they finally came to their senses and have ended the mass mandates and all that and then also mentioned about people you know we also have to recognize the difference between you know a state mandate and then also the rights of private businesses and all that and where that conflict can happen and where it kind of happened at cpac and stuff like that uh, that was last episode if you didn't you can go back and listen to that hour and a half episode where i mentioned that somewhere in there <laughs> um so um i'm i saw earlier this week that um 
it was him and, and two other um, congressmen um, on the state level in, in the Texas House and Senate, I think. I forgot the names now, but um, he he put out a, a video saying that he was what he was saying about going going out against anti-Semitism. And in that short speech, he mentioned one platform in particular, which is Gab. Now, actually, that's well, I didn't mention this because I, I keep forgetting it. But uh, Trend Chat is on Gab. So it's Gab.com slash Trend Chat. But um, he basically has branded them as a anti-Semitic platform by you know pointing them out in um in that announcement over a bill that was filed as far as you know to to go after any platform that they that they consider anti-semitic now when it comes to something like gab we're talking about a platform that allows free speech now you may have some speech in there that you may disagree with. Pretty sure that's the case. And that's the case pretty much everywhere, really. And the main criticism that a lot of us conservatives are having about these platforms like Facebook, Twitter, you know, take your pick, any major platform, your TikToks and everything like that, that they're censoring um, everyone's speech and that's their right to do that as you know that's their company if they want to uh, censor people that's up to them that being said it definitely is their these major platforms when i'm talking about like the facebook twitter and all them like they'll on one hand talk about how you know we're so we're open to dialogue open to this and that and all that but then it seems like they're very particular as far as who they want to ban and who they are quick to suspend from their platforms. And it tends to seem like it's, it's at least tilted one way to basically go after people who are conservative. I mean, I'm pretty sure they got a, there's a few people on the left and liberals and progressives that may have gotten um, suspended or banned from their platform. But I bet you the um, it's, it's the balance is very, very tilted one way. So there's, I would probably contend there are more conservatives that are, are being, or not even conservatives, just so, someone who is not, um, not left who someone who is, uh, has, who don't agree with the Democrats, socialists or communists or whatever, you know, you take your pick that ideology. So, you know, a person doesn't have to be like a staunch conservative to be to be targeted in a lot of cases. They can just basically question anything that is liberal or progressive, anything that is considered, you know, um, gospel in their eyes as far as um, Democrat liberals and all of that. But um, so Gab was one of the platforms that people went to because they were uh, open and and encourage free speech on their platform now by doing that there if you're going to uh, promote the fact that you're allowing free speech you're allowing everyone to say their piece and whatever like that without even having any examples you know you're going to have some opinions and you're going to have some some people on there that you're going to totally disagree with 
people that are probably going to, that's, I'm, I'm pretty sure going to say some repugnant things. That being said, if you're promoting that, then, you know, you should, you should basically let it, you know, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, you can have some <laughs> as far as, um, I, I get some sort of uh, restriction in the, as far as if he's talking about someone that's maybe that's talking about, you know, committing acts of violence um, or, you know, someone that's on there plotting a, some sort of, um, you know, terrorist plot or something like that. OK, but um, that being said, make it as minimum as possible, just minimal um, regulations. If you want to be, you know, a platform that promotes free speech and all that. And that's what Gab is doing. So because of that, um, you now have, which I posted on um, various social media about this, where I would expect this to come from a Cuomo in New York or from Newsom in um in California that I would expect that them to take this route, but to see some, a, a fellow, you know, a fellow Republican, um, at least to take this stance is troublesome and is concerning. And it just, as far as how he dealt with the whole shutdown and the mass mandates. And now you have this where he's, um, you know, going after a platform that has basically been a refuge for a lot of people that has been kicked off or at least have been either shadow banned or just, you know, take your pick as far as being um, just harassed by these major platforms to go somewhere else to have a voice. And just because they were kicked off doesn't automatically mean that they're, you know, bad people. And like I said, I'm pretty sure there's some out there that are saying some, some pretty, you know, repugnant things that I've mentioned before, but I'm pretty sure that, but there's a lot more people who are basically just, um, being kicked off and now, or just being, it just basically being harassed. Cause I like, like in the case of Facebook where you can, um, where you get all these different little strikes and your account is restricted and stuff like that. And I mean, I've been there, my account has been restricted once or twice before. Uh, Trent chatted the the podcast page has been restricted before. So, so and just for you know, it's not like we are we were on there, you know, with profanity or anything or saying anything violent towards anybody. It's just for the simple fact that what they considered be false information because they. Facebook and Twitter, all these platforms have basically put themselves as an arbiter of truth. Like they decide what is true and what not. Like there is no, and, and by doing that, they're making themselves. And this goes back to the whole section two thirty of the DC communications Act that president Trump was trying to get, you know, uh, reformed or, or at least have its changed to where, because you have these platforms who are basically making themselves um, like a publisher, like a, a a Washington Post, a CNN, or New York Times. They're making themselves one of those um, entities where they choose what is, um, you know, what they consider is true or not, as opposed to just being a platform to be, you know, for people to to go on and say their piece 
and that's it. That's what a platform is supposed to be. That's what that. So that's what Gab is actually. They're doing what. It, I mean, if you just go by that particular definition, Gab is doing, uh, doing what a platform should be doing. It's basically just okay. You could come on. You can you know say your piece and all that. Meanwhile, you have the major um, social media companies who are also claiming to be platforms, but they also are basically um, picking and choosing who they want on and, and what opinions that they um, would allow on their, um, on their platform, which is not what a platform is supposed to be like. And that is a, one of the things that is in section two thirty that should be looked at. And, but I'm pessimistic as far as if anything's going to be done about that. Um, especially when you have um, Democrats in control of all um, basically you know, of the House, Senate and, you know, executive and all of that. So and uh, Democrats, you know, they benefit from this because, like I said, more conservatives are the ones being uh, being affected by this than liberals. So, I mean, why would they do anything about it when they're benefiting from from all the censorship from these major companies like Facebook and Twitter. So, um, but yeah, so it's, um, it's just an, another, just another issue where as we get close to 2022 with a Texas governor's race that where I'm, I'm really interested as far as this primary goes. Cause I'm personally, I'm looking for anyone <laughs> as far as that, that would be a serious contender to primary governor Abbott at this point, because whether it was the mass mandates and this here, it just, um, you know, I campaigned for him back, you know, uh, when he was running for governor, I, you know, I went down to the border and, and block walked and door knocked and all that. Um, I'm definitely not doing that again. (laughs) Um, I'm not doing anything for him this time. Um, but yeah, so yeah the upcoming governor's race, which you already have people who are um, announcing that have already made their intentions like um, Chad Prather, who has been on the show and, and others as well. So, so yeah, so yeah. And I think this won't be the last thing that uh, the governor um, would do. Now I know he, he also, he, so he did this about Gab, but then like a couple days later, then he, um, uh, authorized troops to go on the, <laughs> to the border. And so it seems like, like he did this one thing for one side. And then all of a sudden now he wanted to try to get back in the good graces and like, Oh, well, he's doing something on the border and all that night. No, <laughs> you know, see the game you're playing anyway. So that's, um, that's on, you know, that's my, you know, my piece on that. And the next thing, and right quick is that because I didn't really watch all of this. So President Biden had a speech about, you know, COVID and basically telling everyone to just get on board and do what I say. In <laughs> uh, in so many words, I mean, he, I mean, he also put it in like, you know, we need to work together and all this like and yeah. But it, at the end of the day, it's basically, you know, do, you know, keep, you know, do what we say because. <laughs> well, you know, at one point in the speech, as far as where he's talking about people, well, you need to do your part and all that. Make sure you keep wearing the mask and all that. Then maybe you 
you can have a small group <laughs> um celebration for Fourth of July. So just so just keep doing what we want you to do, and we may let you have some freedom. Well, we'll allow you to have have a barbecue too. <laughs> and to most people, especially in Texas, like well, <laughs> we never stopped. So I mean, for a couple of weeks there, when it was. <laughs> It was basically um, the North Pole for a couple of days, probably so. But after that, yeah, people, you know, barbecuing and having gatherings hasn't stopped anyway. Uh, even before Governor Abbott, you know, <laughs> released the mass mandate. So, um, I mean, to hear um, hear Biden talk about what you can and cannot do as an American, you know, and so many don't even bat an eye about it. I mean, that's disheartening, but it's not, you know, not surprising, though. I mean, because, uh, you know, we basically have become a nation of fear at this point. And I mean, we can go back to, you know, not just talking about the coronavirus. We can go back almost 20 years because we almost coming up on a 20 year um, anniversary of Um, 9-11, you know, coming up this September and even from that, the aftermath of what happened almost 20 years ago, when you have all this legislation that came out and of course it, it has good intentions, just like what's been going on here. Talk about the mass mandate mandates and all that. Everything has good intentions, but the thing about it, even going back to the, we're talking about the Patriot Act back when what happened with nine 11 or now with what happened with COVID all these things have again good intentions but the whole idea the when it comes down to it it's all about the government mandating something and you know getting on a plane has dramatically changed ever since then and now with covid i can see a lot of dramatic changes coming out of everything with covid now so whether it's fear of terrorists or a virus um, we've shown that as a country, we are easily, you know, manipulated really <laughs> to give up a lot of our freedoms and, and, you know, and, and rights just to feel safe. And you can hear this and, and say, okay, well, it, back then and from nine 11, that was, that was justified because there was a fear understandable. And I'm pretty sure the people that are maybe listening to this is, feel the same way as far as the fear over COVID-19. That's understandable. Understand this, as I mentioned, I don't know how many times before, freedom is not easy. And so if you want your freedom, you have to understand there's going to be a a, a cost of risk to that if you really value your freedom. If you don't, then you're going to basically be like how we've, how we've been so far for for years now where any little thing makes us just want to give up our rights if we if there is a a tragedy that involves a gun all of a sudden you know we're quick to just want to just give up our rights and i said this as a for a majority of people because that's how it goes down you don't need everyone to to be afraid you just need 51 (laughs) percent to be afraid and that's a lot easier. If you can get just 51% afraid and enough motivated to go to the polls 
and vote for someone that is going to, you know, do what they what they're saying as far as whether it's about gun control, which is, you know, like a bill that just passed, which is furthering that as well. All you need is 51 percent of people get you know scared enough to change the outcome as far as stripping away rights. That's as far as that's about as far as you need to go. So I know a lot of times, you know, we as conservatives maybe, you know, say like, well, there's not a, I don't know, uh, the American people are not for all the, all of this, you know, liberal progressive policies and all that. Okay. That may be the case, but again, all you need is 51% and those 51% don't have to one. They don't have to be, um, knowledgeable on a lot of issues because whether they're knowledgeable or not, they still have the power to vote if they go to the polls. So if you get some apathetic people who don't really know about, don't really think about their, their rights or their freedoms, anything like that, couple that with people who, who, who do know about, um, you know, who are, you know, hardcore progressive, hardcore liberals, communists and socialists, you couple those two together. If you get 51% of those, to um to go to the poll that's all you need and that's i would say that's basically what's been happening so um so yeah um <laughs> that's i think that's that's where we at now like i said before um a few minutes ago just like with 9-11 how so much have so much change especially when it comes to travel and you know as far as all the security that you have to go through now to go, to get on a plane. And now with COVID, who knows? I think I probably mentioned this before where you may have to have what they call a COVID passport just to get a flight, just to get on the plane. So that just, be, and that's all driven by fear, really every, all of this. So, yeah, but, um, anyway, uh, let me, let me quit being so pessimistic pessimistic and bringing y'all down so that's well i guess this first interview is not going to make it too much better but it, it, it's a movie you should you should watch so and um check it out when it premieres on april 2nd um on demand and on pay-per-view and so the movie roe v wade will be um had well they had their premiere at cpac and i was there and i was able to speak with nick Loeb, who i spoke with before when the movie was scheduled to come out and then there was you know a number of obstacles and then the COVID and all that shutting down the theaters so but now it's it's going to get released april 2nd and so we got a chance to speak with him so first we're going to hear a word from um young americans against socialism and then we'll get to our interview with nick Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you're interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! What's going on, folks? This is Colin Noir, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Okay. Hello.
Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are very pleased to have a returning guest on. Um, we're here at the Roe v. Wade premiere here at CPAC 2021, and I have Director Nick Loeb with us. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. So here we are at the, at the premiere, and uh, I know it's been a, a long time coming. I mean, I guess, what have what been some of the, like, the obstacles and everything? I think I asked you that last year, but I, I'm yeah, sure there's more. You know, I mean, listen, between uh, raising the money, um, you know, getting this together, then with COVID, uh, you know, it's it's been a lot of obstacles, but we're finally here. Uh, very excited. You know, uh, we're one of the only movies this year to actually have a, have a movie premiere since all the theaters are closed in New York and L.A. Uh, CPAC has been gracious to uh, let us have a premiere here, and uh, we've got a crowd of about 1,500 coming to see the movie. All right, and um, as far as uh, plans, I mean, right now, movie theaters are slowly opening, so uh, we're still looking for a theatrical release. We know we're going to be streaming on April 2nd. I think that's where even a lot of Hollywood and studio movies are going streaming. Uh, you know, uh, iTunes, Amazon, pay-per-view. Uh, and a lot of people are looking for more content, and there's not a lot of content out there, so I think we're going to do really well doing that. So as far as... The, um how do you see as far as the message um, going out with the film? I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it right now, and definitely with everyone that's in it, with all the you know well, top names. Well, if you see the poster here, the truth comes out April 2nd, right? So, you know, hopefully we're you know we'll get the message out, the truth out, open people's eyes, um, and get people to to think a little bit more about the, the topic and see actually how it came to be and what was the answer. I know. So, I uh, know. I think I mentioned uh, last time. Like, what is like the the time period we're talking? Um, I guess it's basically 1973, and it's all around it, around the case of Bobby Yeah, Boy. so the movie starts. I mean, it, 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 the movie starts really in, in the in 1970, goes through 1973. There, there are some scenes, a flashback to the the 40s and the 20s, really getting involved in some of the characters of how they came to be uh, and, and how they developed and and how it impacted their decision making abilities throughout their life. Um, and so we really take a, a look at some of the journeys of the characters that was really involved in getting this to the courts. And just for people that may not know, I mean, the, um, the cast and everyone in it, I mean, we have John Voight and have John Snyder and, and, and plenty of others. In it. Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky to have a great cast. I mean, we got Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy. Um, we've got um, Robert Davi. We've got Jamie Kennedy, who's going to be here later. Uh, Corbin Bernson from L.A. Law. Uh, Stacy Dash. Um, Greer Grammer, who is the, um, um, who's uh, who's uh, Kelsey Grammer's daughter. So we've got an incredible cast uh, for this movie, and I think we're very blessed. All right, and um, so I know you're still focusing on this film, this this project right now. But anything in the in the future? <laughs> yeah, I'm working on my next film right now. Uh, it's a film called Ghost Patriot. It's it's the true story um, of uh, a slave during the American Revolution who was recruited by George Washington to spy on the British and uh, becomes a hero for the Americans. It's a story that's been completely left out of history, and I think uh, now in a, in a time with BLM. I think it's we really need to portray uh, black American heroes, um, especially ones that uh, were very instrumental in, in the freedom and independence of, of America. All right, so no, this being here at CPAC and this is like pretty much the the first large gathering basically since last CPAC. Um, what is uh, I guess the experience, the difference between like now and last year? 
Well, this is actually my first CPAC, so oh, okay. I've, I, I, you know, I've been told that it's uh, it's only about three thousand compared to ten thousand. Okay. I think this turnout's been incredible for us. I think it's been a great venue. Uh, I appreciate the people who helped put us on. Uh, Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp have been great. I think Mercedes is going to introduce us here, and uh, we've been really blessed. Right. Well, if people want to know more, I know it's RoeVWadeMovie.com. That's right, RoeVWadeMovie.com. People you can even host screenings um, if they go there before it comes out. Uh, they can see where it's going to be released and everything. They go to RoeVWadeMovie.com. All right, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Brian. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Proud to be a part of the hashtag Life Tribal Cultural Life as they seek like to celebrate life through like the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code Trend Chat. Alright, thanks to Nick Lowe for joining us and so this um the song you're hearing right now was re- <laughs> released what maybe a day ago. Um I met this young artist at CPAC. Her name is Savannah Craven and the name of the song is Be Like Candace. If you don't know what she's talking about, you know, be like Candace Owens. And so yeah, um, I'm pretty sure people are probably like, let me hear the rest of the song. I'm going to turn up just a little bit more. But I'm not going to play the whole song because you should check her out and buy the song or, you know, listen to your on your, I guess, music platform of your choice, whether it's Spotify or Amazon Music, iTunes and whatnot. So, yeah. So check her out and and you know thanks to Savannah for <laughs> for permission to play uh, her song on on this episode. So um before we get into our next guest right quick I just want to mention one thing um uh, when it you know when we're talking about gas in particular <laughs> um I know I've seen plenty of memes and status from, you know, across social media about the rise of fuel prices right now, the rise of gas and, you know, gas has gone up like 30 some percent since Biden's been in office. And don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's going the wrong way. The thing, one thing I want to mention though, and I hope people realize this is that because I noticing in what I'm seeing is that, oh, well, you know, gas is more right now. And it was, you know, it was low when Trump was in office, which is true to an extent. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store Kohl's account for details. 
it was low at the time, like, like before, like, so if we're talking about right at January 20th, right when he, when he left office and, and Biden came in, it was low at that point, but let's not, you know, let's not be dishonest in the sense that we haven't got to the point when it was at its highest. Now, do I think it's going to go past that? Yes, I do. But I would just say for people to kind of think about it and kind of wait. <laughs> I mean, we're almost we're getting there, but it's not like the the average price right now is the highest um, when um when Trump was in office. It, it's, it was higher than that. Matter of fact, in 2018, the average price was higher. Um, I forgot the number, but it's like um, I forgot what it was. I think of maybe like three dollars a gallon average price i'm saying was three dollars something like that over three dollars um now it went down from that down to where it was to like i said where um to the average price was lower when um on the day when he um left office but um but we haven't got to that point so it's not like because as soon as you mentioned that some liberals gonna just instantly look back at <laughs> And I mean, cause they want to defend Biden. So they'll be like, and they'll be really quick. You know, it doesn't take much to find. All you got to do is look up average prices and it's right there. And they'll just be quick to tell you, well, it was higher at one point for, you know, when Trump was in office, which it would be true. Now, my thing is that when I, if I were to mention that I'm saying that, well, it's going up and it's going to go past that point. And once it get past that point, then it's all fair game then. And yeah, and I think it is going to get that point. And it'll probably get there, especially in the summertime, especially when people are having more states that are relaxing mandates and all of that. And then more people are going out. And also a lot of these people have been cooped up in their houses and if they have the opportunity to get out, they're probably going to just be like thirsty to leave. <laughs> and so, and that right there is probably going to contribute to gas prices going up even higher, especially during the summer. So, but so yeah, I'm just saying that for, um, to people kind of to realize, cause I, I don't, I hope people understand that the average price was higher in 2018 under Trump than it is right now. That, that being said, under i i'll say it's a good chance it's going to get higher especially under biden but we just haven't gotten that point yet so anyway that just i don't know maybe it's a nitpick but it's just something i i think about when i see all of this um when i see the memes and i see the people um you know friends of mine you know talking about um how high gas prices are right now so anyway um let's get to our next interview with uh proud to parent this kind of came out of nowhere where i was walking around the exhibit hall in cpac and i saw this um booth over here and i said um oh this looks interesting so i um got a chance to to speak with the um, with aaron phillips about the, their organization so without further ado here is our interview with uh aaron Hello, this is Trent Chat. We're here with Aaron Phillips with Power the Parent, and I just came across their booth, and I was very interested in um, 
for one, well, one, I didn't know anything about the organization, but um, after hearing, you know, a summary of it, um, which you will hear in a, in a couple of minutes, um, I, I think everyone will, you know, will benefit from this. So how are you doing, Erin? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? So I guess first question is, what is Power to Parent? So Power to Parent exists to empower parents to advocate for their children. That's really the bottom line. We really think parents are, um, they know their kids best, they know what's best for their children, and they should be in charge of making those decisions for their kids. So just from that, and that's kind of what I kind of gleaned from just walking by. So I guess my first question uh, would be in the realm of education would be in that sense. Is that one thing or that's like just uh, overall? So that's definitely one big issue that we deal with, but it's not the only issue. You know, we've dealt with issues, for example, um, parental notification for abortion is an issue. Um, in Nevada, we do not have parental notification laws. So anybody can go obtain an abortion without actually having parent consent or parent notification, which are, you know, different things. Um, and so, but we deal a lot with school choice. We think that school choice is a parental right issue. Um, we think parents should choose what's best for their kids in regards to their education, um, whether that's public public school, private school, charter school, homeschool, micro school. Um, there's so many options out there. But, you know, we believe that parents know what's best in that area for their kids. They know their children the best, so they know what type of education is best for them. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with really any issue that kind of steps, um, tries to step between the parent and the child. Um, any policy that tries to make the decisions for the parent that are actually um, the job of the parent. Like, for example, we dealt with a, a opt-in issue for sex education in Nevada. Uh, we're one of the only states in the country that still has opt-in because we have been fighting it in our state for seven years. Uh, we came across it very in the very beginning of our organization when they were trying to pass comprehensive sex education, and they also wanted to remove the opt-in requirement, meaning you don't get express permission from a parent signed consent on a form before you teach. So the parent has to find out that they're teaching sex ed and then decide if they want their child to teach it or not. Oftentimes, parents are busy, and you know even really involved parents may miss things. You know, I know I do. I have five kids. I miss things in the backpack sometimes. Uh, and so we don't think that the schools should be able to teach issues, especially of sex and sexuality, uh, without express parental consent. So, um, is it so? Is it just based in Nevada, or is it nationwide? Or so right now we're based in Nevada. We have helped uh, groups in eleven other states start parental rights groups, and um, in October we actually launched our first parent union, and we really launched the union in in response to a lot of the teachers unions and some of the public sector unions that we saw really getting a lot of preferential treatment. And as we've seen, especially um, since the schools have shut down, the teachers union has have really showed their cards, and I think they've really kind of overstepped a little bit because we've seen that parents have really been able to see what they're about and our kids haven't been in school for a whole year in Nevada, um, actually in Clark County in Las Vegas and so that being said we feel like every state should have a parent union which is just a powerful collective voice of parents that are standing up and they're at the table with these other unions and they have the same amount of influence. So um how long, so how long have um, Proud the Parent been established? So we started in 2015, so it'll be almost, um, you know, maybe a little bit before that. It'll be about seven years uh, in May that we've been doing this work. Um, we have a uh, we have a 501c3, so we're an educational nonprofit, but we also have a C4, so we do lobbying and that type of thing. But we've been doing that for, for probably about um, probably about four four years. Okay, and also if. Um well, I was going to, well, I was going to say if, if people want to know more, but I think I had another question. But with, um, with the organization, like, 
do you get involved as far as uh, legislation and as far as like accomplishments as far as going forward and trying to you know combat some of these things that are getting in the way as far as government um, tr- you know getting in, in the way of parents? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of one of the main ways that we've been able to advocate for our kids in our in our community. You know, when we got involved with the opt-in issue, we have stopped it on a legislative level, a statewide level, for the past seven years. Every session, the legislators bring up a new bill that is regarding sex ed and tries to remove the opt-in requirement. Um, and we have outside groups like Planned Parenthood that are putting money into those initiatives because they want to remove that opt-in piece. Um, and so, so we've fought that on a policy level for for this entire time that we've existed. Um, but yeah, we are a very grassroots organization. So for example, we just held a protest last night, yesterday, um, that was uh, asking the trustees to put our kids back in school. And so we were really successful. We brought out um, a lot of different people that were elected, people, experts, and parents. And we had several hundred people out in front of a school board meeting. And they, in fact, actually opened schools based on the pressure that was being put on by the parents. So we have a plan now for our kids to go back into the classroom. So we've been really successful really moving uh, policy and affecting change. Okay. And um, is this your first CPAC or, or no? This is our very first CPAC and we're really excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so h- how's the experience? I mean, I don't know if you've been to other events since, the, you know, since COVID, but um, how... How do you like and how this is set up? Well, I mean, as far as since COVID, I have not been to anything like this at all. It's really nice to be at, at a place where there's a lot of like-minded people yeah. and people who seem to be, um, you know, enjoying themselves. And, and really, uh, there's a lot of great organizations here, and, and so and a lot of people that are interested in what we do. So this has been a really great experience so far, and um, I, you know, I've never been to anything quite like this. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm asking people about that. You just, you know, what if they've been there before, like. How you do? How you compare it? Because I mean, I've been the the past five before, so like I, the experience is different for me because I know how it was before and all this. So I'm kind of getting a comparison back and forth for people who maybe have never been here uh. and seeing this how how it is now and or have been before. Right. So, but um, the one last question is um, so the, the theme is American America Uncounseled, and. From that theme, what did you kind of glean from that? I mean, what would you, um, when it comes to council culture and, and everything like that, especially in an organization like this, I mean, if, you know, people hear about this organization, they were like, they wanted to counsel, you know, this organization just because they, you know, advocating for, you know, parents to choose <laughs> what they want for their children. So, um, I mean, what do you get from that theme, at least, from, from CPAC? Yeah, so, you know, we have dealt with that a lot in this work, that we get people who really want to silence our voices, and, you know, I've been appointed to certain committees or done different things legislatively, and I have people that don't like our message that have asked me to be removed and to step down, just based on wanting to advocate for our kids and, and know what's being taught, for example, in regards to sex ed. And So, you know, so yeah, I'm, we're really used to that, and I think I think that's something we've really experienced in the last six or seven years. Um, and I think that this year, more than ever before, you know, you really have seen the cancel culture really ignite and, and rear its ugly head. I mean, you know, we, we get shadow banned, we've lost followers, we've had posts that aren't allowed to be posted or boosted because they you know, follow the guidelines. So, you know, based on quote, misinformation. So we deal with that on an organizational level all the time. Uh, I'm targeted personally all the time just based on my work. So, yeah, I, I was actually really excited about this theme. I'm excited to hear what people have to say because 
Um, if you are an American and you want to continue to live in a free society, we have to be able to have free speech at that minimum. I mean, that's just one of the most important constitutional rights that we have to protect. You can't continue to cancel people and, and shut down these conversations because you disagree. It's going to head us in, the, in a very wrong direction. So I guess we'll follow up to that. What um, advice you would give to someone that is have experience that um, you know similar to what happened to you? So I mean, you know, I think it's a really great question. I think you know, for me, it's been trying to make sure that I'm continuing to have a, a parental voice in all of these conversations. So I think you know, the worst thing that I can do is respond to some of those things that happen, or um, you know, kind of try to defend myself. And and I, I know it doesn't sound maybe the answer you would be expecting, but I think um, I let my actions speak for me in many ways um, and I continue to just kind of keep my eye on the ball because I think it's when you get pulled off into these sidebar conversations and trying to defend yourself and trying to defend your message in some ways you get derailed from the message itself and so we really like to make sure we're really putting our money where our mouth is and we are doing the things that we're saying we're going to do we're continuing to speak the truth and we're doing it in a, in a really calm and, and concise way and again we as parents like we want to be the parents in the room so if other people are acting childish or being foolish or being unkind, you know, we're going to continue to just be uh, the ones that know better and that continue to, to act like the parent. Okay. All right. So if uh, people want to know more about Proud to Parent and, and social media and all that, where would it go? Yeah. So PowerToParent.org. That's power with the number two parent.org is our website. Um, they can join our parent union on our website. And then also we're really um, have a huge reach on Facebook. And then we're also on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Hey everybody, it is Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. You are listening to Trend Chat with my man, Brian Bledsoe. Come on with it. We here at Trend Chat, we are proud to be part of the 1776 Militia. Check out 1776united.com. They have a wide array of clothing, hats, shirts, art, and more that is fiercely patriotic and stylish to match. Go to 1776united.com, and if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 20% off your first purchase. Again, 1776united.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT for 20% off. All right, thanks to Aaron for joining us. And so, before we get to our last interview with Kevin Sorbo, just wanted to, in talking about, um, you know, Biden and everything with the speech and everything and all of that. And I'm pretty sure, and you know, talking about gas prices and all, <laughs> um, I just find it very ironic on these same platforms, these, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that. It's, uh, you know, during the Trump administration, it was all about basically, you know, basically saying everything Trump is saying is a, is a lie and, everything conservative is just misleading or whatever like that and like it was all just they were just on the offensive for the whole you know the whole time these fact checkers on these um, major platforms and it's just funny that all of a sudden um now we have a biden administration they have done a 180 <laughs> now they're defending everything the the biden administration says <laughs> like they've just become um, like I said, they, they've gone to take it the offensive. Now they're, now they're the ones trying to explain and, um, every, you know, provide context. Like it, it's a, it's great to 
to see context is back as <laughs> as something to consider, right? Um, when when we're talking about anything as far as anything conservative or and I say anything President Trump said, like context didn't mean anything. They just took everything as face value. Like, they didn't put the context of what was going on or if it was a joke or whatever like that. Like they didn't care. Like oh, he said this. He means that. And so he's you know he's just evil. But now with Biden, if you mention something, even something he clearly says, all of a sudden these fact checkers are going on the defensive and start saying, you know, well, we need to put, well, it's missing context or something like that. Like, it's just amazing. Um, not surprising, but yeah. Um, for most people that have no clue, they're probably just seeing that and don't haven't thought twice about it. But, um, I know in talking about the theme for CPAC was America Uncounseled. And I was thinking about, I know last episode I mentioned about Gina Carano and, um, I mean, this has been a couple of weeks ago where she did an interview on Daily Wire. I, I think I mentioned that before. Um, but there was one thing in particular that kind of stuck out and I don't think I talked about that and is that, um, when Gina made those, con- uh, I guess so-called controversial comments and everything or, uh, or whatever, that was considered transphobic or whatever like that. Um, she was approached. This is in the interview. She was saying that she was approached by, you know, Disney and all of them as far as what to do to rectify the situation and all of that. And she mentioned about being approached by, I guess, um, someone that deals with public relations or something like that. Like I said, you can listen to the interview. You get the, um, you you can get all all of this in there, but um, one thing that stuck out is that that handler for I guess for Disney that was trying to get her to I guess craft a message of apology or whatever like that. Gina was saying, like, well, let me talk to them and you know one on one and. You know, like she had her own methods as far as what she wanted to do as far as to, you know, to clear the air and all that. And um, one thing that that person that what well, that Gina said that this person said, and that really is just kind of been stuck in my head. Like I said, it's been two weeks ago and I'm I can't remember everything from the interview, but I do remember this, that 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 person told Gina that um, when Gina was trying to uh, explain as far as, you know, the statement she said, you know, that maybe or whatever she tweeted, she was trying to explain it. And I guess it wasn't good enough for them. And this person told her that, well, in, in your defense, trying to defend yourself and trying to explain, you gave a logical answer to an emotion, to a, and an emotional response. Like you gave a logical answer to an emotional response. And like just hearing that right there, like you can't approach someone with logic if they're emotional. And just by, and the way that person made it seem, it's like, the person that has the emotion is the is more valid than logic. 
Like, you can, you're given a rational, logical answer, but yet because this person is emotional, this person is better than, like, their, their response is more valid and is, is to be considered, um, more so than someone that is being rational and logical, which that was just to, and I mean, I see it. It's not like I don't know that this happens, but um, just hearing it like that and then like, yeah, that's that's what's going on right now is that uh, you have a bunch of people who are really just caught up in their feelings. I don't care which side you're on. You, know, you can get caught up and then it seems like because you have the emotions and uh, how you're feeling, your feelings is Trump anything that is logical and rational. Like, we don't care if uh, whatever it is, I, I don't care if you're right. I'm just mad. I, I, and because I feel something, I, that makes me, you know, more, uh, what, morally superior to, to someone because of that. And the people who are emotional are the ones that get, are, get paid attention to. Those are the ones that they, they, res, they respond to the emotion of of whatever it is as opposed to really thinking through and trying to be rational and logical and it seems like people have realized that and just have given up on trying to be rational and logical and just respond to their to their feelings really regardless if it's right or wrong anyway that uh, that was just something that would just will stick in in my head and i just wanted to mention so um let's get to our last interview uh maybe some people have been waiting for this last one uh we got a chance to speak with kevin sorbo which was totally out of the blue didn't think this was going to happen but we got a chance to speak with him for a couple of couple of minutes and so uh, we actually had his wife um sam sorbo on last year and talking about the corona homeschool program and all of that so it was good to get a chance to speak with um kevin sorbo and so without a after a word from the Founder Project, we'll get to our interview with Kevin. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hello, this is Trent Chat here at CPAT 2021, and we are very pleased to have Kevin Sorbo with us. So, I mean, if you don't know, I mean, just check out his resume, just check out everything he's done, Hercules, and all the best. And so, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. So, is this your first CPAC? No, I've been about four of them before this. So, this is the first one I've gone to in Orlando, but I've been to a number of them past and stuff like that. And I love coming here because it's a chance to meet people that I think are uh, are, are in their right mind, so to speak. The people that know that America is a great country and we got to fight it to get it back now because for some reason people on the left want to destroy it, which I don't understand. But uh, here we are. Now, like you said, we're here in Orlando and normally it's always in, in D.C. Now, this is a different experience. So, like, since you've been to previous uh, CPACs, so for people that don't 
don't know, like, um, I know we talked before about the whole mask mandates, and you, you have a speaking, you know, engagement and having 30 people and all that, so it's, it's been weird. <laughs> Well, you know, it's just busy. I get, you get pulled and tugged every which direction and stuff. The people are excited to see people. Certainly someone like me that's an actor in Hollywood that actually isn't like the typical Hollywood liberal who believes in communism socialism, even though those A-listers live capitalist lives, don't they? They like yes, their money, they, they like their cars, they like their private jets. So the hypocrisy is what drives me crazy with these people. Now, I know um, being here, I know we have to, with the mandates, I know people have been getting in trouble and, and everything, and we've got the social distancing and all that. Um, with, with, with all that that's going on, I mean, at least we're able to have this event. So yeah. at least we're able to have something. I think this is about the first big event since last year, CPAC. No, I think you're probably right. I mean, I've been to a couple other ones, but uh, this is probably one of the bigger ones. I'm back here next week, actually, for the CNP. They're going to be here as well. Um, so, we're, you know, we're, it, it's, it's good to see people fighting back right now. I think we reached a tipping point. People are tired of having the government control our lives the way they're controlling it. And we need to open business back up again. We need to open schools again right now. It's crazy that we're controlling and destroying so many people's lives. And so the theme here is America Uncounseled. And I've just been asking everyone, what are your thoughts as far as especially this council culture that we have going on right now? Huh. Well, they just canceled me off of Facebook. They took 550,000 followers away from my Facebook page because I posted stuff that's opposite of what they're telling us to do under the COVID restrictions. I posted something that the Center for Disease Control said, CDC, said that the masks are pretty much useless, but you should wear them because it makes people feel comfortable. No, I'm done wearing masks, and it's crazy. I think that when I see an eight-year-old wearing a mask, I think it's child abuse. This is insane what we're doing. Teachers need to go back to school. We need to stop paying teachers if they're not going to go back to schools to teach kids. If you've got cost workers, you know, walking around a thousand people a day in every store, and teachers are afraid to go in their schoolroom with 25 kids? This is crazy. It's insane. They're paying them to have a vacation nonstop. I grew up in that world. My dad was a public school teacher for 35 years. So don't sit there and go, well, you don't understand the teacher's world, the public schools. Yeah, I do. I grew up in it. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of sick of uh, this being used as a weapon to control our lives, and I'm sick of the, the government using fear as a way to uh, stop people from having a living. You know, I had the honor to had to interview your wife last year with the, the Corona Homeschool uh, program right. and everything. And that was great to talk to her about that. And just like what you're saying as far as just using the coronavirus basically as a weapon against people. Yeah, no, that's what they're doing right now. She's right. In fact, she just texted me, so I'm looking for her right now. But um, you know what? I, I'm telling people right now, you gotta, you got to get past the apathy that's killing the right side right now. It's all about apathy. We need to, we need to be as, as diligent and as passionate as people on the left without the violence and the hate, though. So what? Um, so uh, you have a thing coming up? I know as far as I got a number of great things coming up, man. I got climatehustle2.com. Please go to that. It's a wonderful documentary. I, I interviewed Mark Moreno for, oh, cool. for it. So climatehustle2.com. I've got uh, against the tide movie. That's that's streaming right now as well. It's about proving God in a world of science. My movie Let There Be Light is streaming on Amazon right now, and also on Amazon is Before the Wrath. Beforetherath.com. Before the Wrath is a documentary on the Book of Revelation. It's awesome. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Lawrence Jones with Fox News. Check out Trend Chat with my brother, Brian Blesso. So you want to keep America great, but you don't know where to go to get some Trump-centered gear? Check out TrumpMode.com. And if you put in the code TRENDCHAT, you get 10% off. So at TrumpMug.com, they have flags, coins, mugs, of course. So go to TrumpMug.com, put in the code TRENDCHAT, get 10% off. Again, TrumpMug.com with the code TRENDCHAT for 10% off.
all right so yeah um <laughs> still going strong trumpmother.com so it's uh like things haven't changed and so i said go check them out thanks to kevin sobo for coming on and just want to make sure we get to before we go and make sure we hit this under an hour (laughs) um as usual we want to make sure that we get to our as far as the locations and everything so. (laughs) so there we go before we go let's see so houston texas ion washington Lancaster, South Carolina, Bellingham, Washington, Longmount, Colorado, Ademabad, India. I don't know how to say this one. Gawahati, India. Hmm. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, Greenville, South Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. Those are all the cities and countries. We have Colombia, Finland, Ghana, Italy, India, and Obviously, at number one is United States. So, thank you to everyone across the globe and across the country to listening to this podcast. Like, share, and subscribe, and all that good stuff. So, matter of fact, I can't believe I ended this with, before the song went out. I don't. So, so yeah. So, um, again, you know, thank you for listening. And here we are. So, this is episode one ninety seven. So, we got three more episodes for we hit 200 and uh final episode so um appreciate again everyone listening so i have no idea <laughs> the next the what's going to be on the next episode i honestly don't um appreciate the time i had at cpac and you know who knows if i go again but um if i do go again i'll go as an attendee not doing a bunch of interviews like like this in years past so thank you for again can't thank you enough for listening and until next time we'll chat with you later want to hear some inside scoop if your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are you gotta check out Kohl's I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks Jansport backpacks for 25% off and 30% off Levi's jeans for me I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash so yeah not sure who's more excited right now me or the girls select styles 15% off ends August 15th Levi's coupons do not apply some exclusions apply see store calls account for details Minute Maid's slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.